You're listening to the Business Secret Podcast. The podcast is a chance for some of Wales' finest upcoming and established business owners to share the story of their business journey. Hosted by the team here at Penguin, our guests talk in depth about how they got to where they are today, offering invaluable advice on marketing, challenges, and the highs and lows of life as a business owner. If you like what you hear, then don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment across our socials. You can download your free copy of the book, The Business Secret, direct from our website on www.penguinwealth.com. The book is written for business owners by business owners, offering invaluable tips on time management, work-life balance, how to pick the right team, and so many more activities and tips to get you on the right track. Hello and welcome to Penguin's podcast, The Business Secret. I'm delighted to welcome Kevin Foley. Kevin Foley with us, the owner and founder of BeFit. BeFit was launched in 2012, and so Kevin has already lasted longer than the average business, an achievement in itself. Kevin Beefit specialises in helping time-strapped professionals, generally over the age of 40, with getting slimmer, stronger, into better shape, and more energised. Kevin's been in personal health and fitness since 2000, and is a Facebook ads and content marketing ninja. He's a father of two, with a third due any day now, as we record this. And there's a little known irrelevant fact that I'd just like to share, despite the years difference between us, Kevin and I actually used to live in the same street many, many years ago. Anything I missed, Kev? No, that's pretty much it there, I think. Fantastic. So how did you end up here then? Um, oh, well, I, you, you've covered, the, obviously, personal training business and so forth. Um, so I, I actually left school, and, uh, went, went to college, didn't go to university or anything. Um, so I went straight into, um, in, into, into a job of, of a fitness instructor. And I, and I, I never really got, because I had a passion right then, but, you know, I was a, I was a um, previous amateur boxer and I did a lot of, obviously training internationally and things. So I, I needed a job which would uh, satisfy those needs as well. Um, and after, you know, just a few years of doing a fitness instructing, I, I found that um, I had a really good passion for it and got to the point where I decided, you know, I actually would like to make this uh, business. And then from there, I, I, I trained up as a, as a personal trainer. And then, that, yeah, just fast forward a number of years on, I got to a place where I was pretty much fully, fully booked. And as personal trainers, you would generally work in the mornings and late at night. So, uh, you know, I was working split shifts, maybe five, six days a week. Um, got to the point where, you know, I decided, you know, I didn't really want to be that 50 year old guy uh, still working with clients at a gym and decided I needed to develop a business from it then. Um, and that's kind of when I decided that, you know, I, I probably needed some sort of mentorship and, and did a lot of research into that. And uh, and then, yeah, fast forward on, we're, we're a team of seven now. We've got um, our own personal training studio. And then from, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I've got a lot more freedom than I used to have, so. What was it that made you decide to take that leap to set up Be Fit Limited as it is now with the personal studio? What was it that sort of pushed you over the edge to get on with that? It was the fact that I was just working so hard, like long days. You know, if I took a holiday, I didn't get any 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 pay. If I uh, if I was ill, I never got paid. I lost clients. They would lose con- uh, you know their continuity and they'd drop off. Um, it, it it was just unsustainable for me. And I knew if I wanted to settle down uh, at some point, the only way I could do that if I, was if I went to the next level. Then also have a team around you so that if you're not there, team, yeah. <clears throat> the studio was a bit unsure about you know because it's a big commitment. Um, you know, but you know once I got a good a good few people on board with me, um, working with me. I started to get a bit more confidence then and thought, you know, I can definitely do this then. 
So you started with obviously a client bank that you built up during your during your time, but you've now grown it into quite a substantial business with with a team of seven. What's been that marketing approach? You know, I mentioned you're a content and Facebook ninja. What was it that got you to this stage now, where you can there's clients coming in that you don't have to see the team can service the team can look at? Yeah, I guess, I guess um, first of all, it, came, it comes to knowing who you actually want to work with. You know, so we specifically work with over forties, um, and I would say our our business really kind of grew and accelerated when we changed our marketing to, to suit our the ideal clientele which is really over 40s you know be in the past I used to market everybody you know and if you if you understand you know marketing you know a 30 year old female goal, goals are completely different to a, a say a 55 year old female's goals you know yeah, yeah. one wants to look great on the beach and the other one wants to you know move more efficiently so they can pick up their grandkids yeah. you know so they're completely different messages um, so what we um, when I really nailed down the people I want to work with, it just made marketing so much easier. We could you know develop good content which uh, they're gonna you know relate to content which um, you know which they could think they could read it and say that you know that's me. Yeah. That, this is me. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kev's Kev's talking right to me right here. So what helped you make that decision to decide on the generally the over forties, over fifties? What was it that? Well, I, I've been in the industry, you know, for almost twenty years now. So and I I've worked with elitist athletes. I've worked with people who want to do marathons. I work with people who, you know, who just want to get fit and improve their health. You know, but I find I'm most passionate about working with people who um who take whose lives you actually make a difference to right. you know the people in their 40s and their 50s you know a lot of the time it's life changing for them when they when they make changes and you know improve their health and things mm. and that's kind of I just follow my passion really so how do you start to you mentioned you're starting to talk to those people so what, what did you do then you decided on the over 40s what did you do next yeah so in terms of um, obviously the first thing I did was I, I surveyed a lot of our clientele um, figured out you know what their pain points are what yeah. their, um, where they need help um, and then from that, I just started to develop lots of content, posting regularly on social media like Facebook, um, Twitter at the time, but not anymore. Um, and then you know, we, we always give away good content that we, we regularly write blogs, um, just talking about the struggles that they deal with on a daily basis, about exercise and health, obviously. Did you write all that yourself? yourself? Yeah, yeah. So just uh, the way I'd actually get my content would be that I'd have a conversation with a client whilst working out with them. They'd tell me about an issue they had, and then I would literally decide, okay, well, this person's having that issue so many other people are as well yeah. and I'd go and just write content on it post it out whether it be you know a video or whether whether it be um, you know just a blog or and then I'd repurpose it as an ad and so forth then hmm. and then yeah it, it, it's just a case of building an audience who are you know who are your audience so how have you done that uh, yes we've done that we've used a number of methods so we use google adwords which is obviously targeted to over 40s um facebook ads as well we do that which is marketing towards over 40s and we'll we use a, a various type of campaigns we'll do um one which is called a, a lead generation campaign or an engagement campaign where that's what you've called it or that's what it's generally called well, that's what if you look at marketing speak that's what would be classed as an engagement cam campaign so what you're looking to do there is develop trust become an expert in the area um and basically get in front of your market so when you know not everybody's ready to buy in personal training especially you know with with fitness it needs to be the right time yeah you know? so for somebody who um you know it might be just be looking say on facebook and so forth and uh you know they think oh yeah i wouldn't mind getting in shape but it's not the right time for them mm. you know 
six, 12 months down the line, it might be. So if you're constantly showing and adding value to them, give them good content, you know, the likelihood is that when, when they do decide to make a decision to change, that you'll be the first person on their list then. Um, and, and we regularly, we've got an email list of, you know, 1,500 people now. Um, and typically, I'll have people come in who've been getting on my emails for maybe like 12 to 18 months, you know, mm-hmm. just receiving emails, they've seen my ads and stuff, but it's just never been the right time for them, you know. But when, uh, if you're constantly giving that content out, um, at some point, you know, when they are ready, you know, they'll be, you're going to be the first person they're going to see. I mean, I've seen, I think it's fascinating. I've seen your ads a couple of times. I've been reading something fitness related, a, a blog or something, and then all of a sudden your advert appears, and I immediately go, oh, that's Kev. Wow, I think that's great. So I suppose the question to that is what you got. I lost my thought then. <laughs> um, you, you've obviously targeted. How how does that work? Is that the remarketing I hear about? Is that? Yeah. So in in terms of that would be Google. What you that, what you would have gone through then if you were reading a magazine. And so that's called Google retargeting. Right. And what you can do is you can set up your ads uh, to suit a specific um, a specific location. So I might do it from so many miles away from my studio. Right. Um, and if somebody types in anything about personal training, fitness training in Cardiff, um, you'll, then, if, if, you'll then be showing my ads. Um, for this particular, so you can't actually target people based on age um, mm. through Google, but you can actually put that in your ad copy. You know, So for us, we put it, especially if they're in over 40s fitness, mm. it naturally is gonna get people in their 40s to click the link then. Mm. Um, and then they go to our pages, which shows uh, success stories and you know and, and different things like that. Whereas you know, if you, if you went down the other route of following, say, Facebook marketing, and um, Facebook marketing, you can target exactly gender, by age, location, anything like you. There's so many, there's so many more opportunities to get your targeting in with that. You know, but, um, and I think you need to have a multi-level approach, really. Right, what do you mean by that? You know, this Google marketing and Facebook marketing are very different, um, different strategies, you know. Right. Facebook marketing is very much about volume, right? Um, people aren't going on Facebook to find your ads. You know, they're on there scrolling, looking at their kids, grandkids, or their mates uh, out on their, you know, stag dudes or whatever. You know, so um, and the idea is you need to stop them scrolling. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need to have good, good quality content, whether it's video or, or pictures, and and good headlines to to stop the scroll, so they can click on your link and go from there. So, you know, so. There's a lot more people on Facebook than there is searching for, um, you know, a person for example, yeah, yeah. on Google. Because that's right time, yeah. right place, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But however, with Google, you know, if somebody sees your ad, the only reason they've seen that ad is because they've actively typed in, I'm looking for a personal trainer. So right. you know that a Google advert is going to give you a much higher quality lead um, uh, than, a, say, a Facebook thing. But at the same time, unfortunately, you don't get the same... Uh, volume that you do on Google, uh, so that's why it's good to do a, a multi-level approach. Okay, so how much of your business you've accumulated over the last say five years would you give as credit to that that approach? Um, well, I think I, in terms of marketing, all, all our digital marketing, um, if I give you like ratio-wise, we probably spend maybe twenty percent of our budget on Google at the moment, and uh, about eighty percent on um, on Facebook for okay. digital. But the growth in clients you've had, you'd say most of it comes from that. Oh, well, certainly. We, uh, with with Facebook, it's a it's a case. You know, I we put a hundred pound down, we'll likely bring in a thousand pounds back, okay. um, and that happens pretty much each each and every month on autopilot for us. 
Wow. Okay. The original questions come back to me. I, I remember seeing in your ads that I saw that you do these campaigns. Yeah. Um, where did that idea come from? Uh, to well, have read these twenty-eight days or six weeks? I can't remember what it was. Okay. So, so well, it's a, it's more a case of growth and scaling things. So, um, we in the past, I when I used to run and manage the ads, um, I used to oh, I need to change my ads up a little bit and things like that. Um, but it's only because I was doing the ads. You know, we don't necessarily need to change it all the time because you, you can just change the title and it's the same process. Yeah, you get bored of seeing it all the time. Yeah. I imagine so you think you need to change it. Exactly, but if somebody's only seen it for the first time, it, does, it makes no difference. Yeah. You know, so when I was running the ads, I used to think I had to change everything all the time. Well, you know, you don't. And I'm, I think keeping it simple, you know, it's just a lot more efficient. Um, so especially for us as a team, because we've got a team in place now, now my team know exactly, you know, if somebody comes in on a, a say a six week program or 20 day program, they know exactly what that includes, how much it costs, they know how you need to service that individual and then they, you know, everything's set up, it's, it's systematized. You know? But I think it's a great approach, what I liked about it was I thought, when I saw it, I thought that's genius, just give someone a sample and then obviously I imagine a percentage of people will then say, oh, I want to sign up longer term and a percentage of people go, it's not for me or... I'm not ready to take the next step, whatever. But where did that idea come from to look in your space to launch a four week and a six week program? I think it's just one of those things that, you know, we, like we've, I've done personal training for obviously a number of years. We used to have different approaches of how we get people in. And I think it's one of those things that it's called personal training for a reason. You need to have that personal relationship with somebody. And you can't get that, you can't expect to, to buy into something without having, you know, a bit of an understanding whether you can actually get on with the person. You know, so it was, it, it's just an easy way of, you know, give somebody the opportunity to try and make sure we're a good fit going forwards. And, if, right. you know, if by the end of the 28 days or the six weeks, any person who comes into the business is going to know exactly whether we're a good fit for them, what, best, what is the best program for them, because we have a number of offerings, and, you know, and what the next steps are for themselves then. And I think it's just a case of people need to try before they buy sometimes in some, in some markets. Wow, okay. Anything else on marketing you want to add? Any gems you've picked up along the way? Um, well, one thing I would say, you know, since we've mark, mark, uh, changed our marketing to 40 plus, like ad spend is a lot, hell of a lot less for us because we're only targeting a certain category. Right. Um, everything's just quicker because you, I don't have to write multiple messages and multiple random pages for different uh, right. for different avatars. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, I guess um, I, I'm a firm believer of understanding things before you hand it off you know so I actually don't manage the, the ads anymore um, but I understand it I, I you know I grafted and I, I spent a lot of time to do the research on on the ads and things and I, I ran them for a number of years you know but I, I got to the point now where you know I, I've had I've handed that off to an, an, another company a partner company and they, they run the ads for me so I just tell I just give them the strategy because I know how it works and then they pretty much set it up for me. Oh, there's a danger here we can end up talking about the whole session because I love talking about marketing. But for, any, for any people who are just starting their first business or about to start their first business, can you just maybe give an overview of how you got into learning that content stuff, that, that strategy stuff, the Facebook, how it worked, where, where would they go to look for it? You know, where did you go on a course? Did you read it somewhere? Did you, you know, how did that? I, I've done a lot of different things. So I, I'm always reading or listening to podcasts and stuff. So in terms of podcasts, um, for somebody who's just starting out, I would definitely say Facebook is a minefield. It's changing it each and every week. Um, so I'd probably say, you know, you want to get a professional on board to do it with you. Years right. ago, you could do it yourself, um, but I think now it's 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 a lot harder. Um, it's a bit more difficult. So getting somebody on board who could maybe run it for you would be good. However, if you do want to keep it in house and do it yourself, and um, there's some podcasts like um, I can't think Rick Mulry, uh, Mulready, I think his name is. 
he's he's out of paid traffic that's a really good one um there's also another podcast called perpetual traffic from digital marketer that's a really good one and they always give you good updates on on on, on the changes of, and what's happening in the, in the digital marketing space then your advice to someone starting today would be maybe understand it and speak to someone but pace potentially as long as you've got the budget pay someone from day one because it is changing so quickly now that yeah i just think it's just changing too much now it's quite hard to keep on track of it and if you're learning what you you might spend weeks learning it and then you know next week they've changed something and you need to learn it all again right, okay. unless that's going to be your primary role in the business yeah you know is that if you if that is your primary role in the business great dig in and just generate the leads and let someone else deal with yeah. it okay but yeah. if it's not your primary role in the business and you have other, other hats to wear it's probably the case it's going to take up too much time Right. Okay. That's interesting. Fascinating. I, I, I think that's fascinating. Okay. Let's uh, let's 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 go somewhere else. So, in your journey so far, what would you say the biggest risk you've taken in the business have been? Well, I guess the biggest risk would have been going, you know, from a standalone trainer to moving into a studio. You know, so when I when I was a standalone trainer, we were actually at Cardiff Pool at the time, so we had a full client base there. Um, I had one trainer on board at the time, and I had an admin working with me, and then it was a case of right, I pay three four hundred pound a month here to, to rent the place and i'm gonna go take out you know a lease on a <laughs> on a, a building which is maybe four or five times as much as what i'm paying mm. you know plus i'll have staff to run it unless i want to be there all day myself you know so for me that was a that was a big jump to make and mm. um, it was quite scary you know um but you know it's one of those things that if you plan it i think and if you um if you if you can get it working on paper, the likelihood is that you can get it working. Mm. Um, obviously, it's, it's hard. You've got to put a graft in, but um, that was probably the scariest thing I've done. But, but it paid off. It paid off, yeah, exactly. Mm. And if it's, not, if it's not scary, if it doesn't scare you, it probably wasn't a big enough step. <laughs> Very true. Very true. We we talk in our book, in chapter five of our book, and I know you've kindly written a testimonial for the book, so I'm glad you read it. Um, but in chapter five of our book, we talk about work-life balance and its importance. I heard you saying that obviously it was taking that step and not wanting to be there all day every day. So how do you manage your time and how is your work-life balance? In the past, obviously, it wasn't very good. You know, I was working every hour into the sun. But now, um, you know, I've got two little children, uh, both under five, one on the way. So I've had to set the business up so I can have a bit more freedom. So now I literally go in on a Monday, do a, a, a full day of either setting up the week, you know, I speak with the staff, um, set up um, any marketing bits, develop any content things. Tuesday, I have my generally staff meeting and just um, filling on uh, systems and processes. Wednesday, then uh, it's, well, it's going to change now because my youngest is or my old eldest is in in school, so I'm actually going to get uh, the the morning back. Whereas in the past, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, actually um, I have the children till one o'clock, right, okay. and then I would go to work then from one till to run classes or to run the business. No, I, I very, very rarely to take classes now. Wow, so in the couple of year journey, you've managed to ever elevate yourself out of running class, unless there's obviously sometimes an emergency, I guess, but elevate yeah, yourself so out. Yeah, if there's holidays, I'll jump in and do it. And I think sometimes it's good for me to get back into it anyway, just because uh, I think it's nice for the clients as well, as, um, to, have, to have the boss, you know, training them occasionally. Yeah. You know, but it's not, I'm never on the schedule to do that. Um, apart, like, I'm still passionate about boxing, so um, if I do any personal training, I generally do it only with boxing clients, right. and that's just more for my enjoyment. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm not on the schedule now for that. Most of my time is spent on processes, um, growth, and you know, just thinking about the next steps of the business now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get time for some golf as well. You like golf, do you? Yeah, no, I'm no. surprised being as active as a boxer to then go to four hours walking around yeah, you know, hitting a small a ball. I'm surprised. <laughs> it's a bit different. <laughs> What's your handicap? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just started anyway. mentally <laughs> what is you know we all go on a journey you know we take some risks uh, you've covered your biggest one what's been the greatest business failure so far and what did it teach you yeah so I'd probably say um, the biggest failure would, would probably just not be prepared for um, financial things you know like VAT and stuff like that so right. um yeah, so I, I'll be completely honest, you know, when we hit the VAT threshold, I was completely unprepared for it. I had no idea really what it meant, and I, I didn't really understand how it would affect um, my business. You know, we just didn't plan for it, you know, so um, that was a big kind of slap in the face to say, hey, here's 20% off your bottom line, right, okay. um, which, which is massive for a small business, you know, and obviously that affected cash flow and things, mm. um, you know, but I'm happy to say, you know, that for me, that was a very much a learning curve, and uh, since that, I've, I've gone on to educate myself in, in, in finance a lot more um, you know I've listened to lots of podcasts read lots of books and I'm a, I'm a, a much I'm in much better control of finances I've got a much better I would say I'm a, a lot more financially literate now um, you mean financially from in terms of running a business and the things yeah in yeah. terms of you know you, how you how, keep it on to your money I understand taxes like I did a lot of research into that as well um, and I, ju- I just think that a lot of biz- a lot of businesses will who maybe a small businesses struggle with that kind of jump to VAT because you know, they take twenty percent of your of your of your earnings and if you don't prepare for it and up your rates or if you don't prepare for it and you know you're putting not putting money aside it's gonna you know it's gonna come around and bite you in the butt yeah um, but no that was my that was my biggest failure I think but I, I think failures are just a learning curve and if you don't fail you don't progress. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, on that thing of learning, and you've said a couple of times about learning podcast books and everything else, I'm, we're big believers, as you know from the book, about having a mentor supporting you, coaching you, you know, having someone to chat to, share your woes with, and, and help you think bigger. Have you used a mentor during your journey? Yeah, many times. So, um, I well, back in 2012 was when I first got a mentor. Um, and, yeah, it was basically around fitness business. Right. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of it was around businesses, um, or fitness businesses, and building systems. So it's all about pricing and packaging, learned a lot of marketing and things like that. Um, so you did that just as you were starting? I know, I've, actually, I've actually been personal trainer since... Sorry, the start in BeFit, was that sort of at the start of the BeFit journey? Yeah, it seems I went limited company and decided I wanted to make a team, that's when right. I started to get um, you know, a mentor then. Unfortunately, in personal training school, they don't teach you anything about business. Yeah. They teach you how the body works, but they don't teach you actually how to go and get clients or... or um, that's the same in most professions and jobs, you know, when you go on your own. No one has been taught on marketing, no one's been taught about that, it's just, yeah. it's a, I think it's an education failure, possibly. Yeah, yeah education right, system. And yeah. quite often now, um, I I'm always looking for like new mentors. Not that I need a new mentor. I think, but I think you can learn from anybody. Um, so you know, if there's other opportunities out there to learn, I'm, I'm always uh, you know willing to invest into something like that. So what was it that made you in 2012 as you were setting the Be Fit Limited? What was it that made you think I need to have someone above me, someone I can talk? What was it that sort of triggered that? Well, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was right. full, and I thought, well, how, I'm full, what do I do now? I, I, you know, I can't live my life like this. I had no time, um, you know, on my hands, and didn't really know what to do. So I just researched different companies, and um, and I basically from there went to a conference, and then I was sold, this is me, <laughs> <laughs> credit cards, and then away you go. And yeah. then, you know, and I, money I well spent, though? Yeah, money most definitely well spent. I mean, I've invested a lot of money over the, probably like the last five, six years, and I'll continue to do so, because I, I think... There's no better investment in yourself than the uh, than in yourself. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Okay. As financial planners, we like to see our business owners are planning for their financial freedom date, so you're working out a choice rather than necessity. Have you started to work on your exit plan? 
Well, I'm a far, long way from Exton, yeah, I think, you know, but um, I, I have, I've had lots of thought about it. So, um, you know, I pay into a pension regularly. I am um, good. And I've got ideas, you know, for how I want to exit the business and things. So I probably want my, my kind of thoughts right now, are, you know, I'd like to maybe have the business as an investor role rather than as a uh, somebody who's actually working in there. Right. Um, and maybe, you know, just, have, just kind of meet up on a quarterly basis and look at the direction and the vision of the business. So if it carries on with you almost not in it, just to... Yeah, just to yeah. be a case of, you know, just being an investor part of it and potentially looking, um, I, I'm, in terms of goals and things now, I'm looking at potential acquisitions in the future. I'd like okay. to, you know, just build the brand a little bit easier. Okay. Would that be just building it locally, or would that potentially be nationally? Probably locally to start with, or you know, uh, not uh, not too locally. Maybe like southwest somewhere around right, there. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I'd like to do. Right. I think there's definitely a market for it, but in our niche anyway. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Um, we're big believers in paying yourself first. Would you say you've done that during your journey? <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny that you say that because um, I, I've read lots of books, and not the the reason I liked your books so much is because you you. Uh, you touch on lots of other books with and some of the, what they recommend, you know, yeah. and, um, and and I I've read a lot of those books, so um, yeah, I, I I do pay myself first. Um, I actually pay myself a week before I pay my staff. <laughs> okay. um, but that's just something my own personal thing, you know. Was that because from things like Rich Dad Poor Dad, you thought, well, if yeah. I do that, it'll make me exactly, yeah. and, and and it's it's true, you know. I think if you pay yourself first and there's not enough money at the end of the month, if you've got to pay stuff, you'll make sure you get it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's for yourself, you'll think, well, you know, I'll be alright, so I'll I can live on this amount. Mm. You know, so yeah, I pay myself a week before uh, any of the stuff. Fantastic. So any business owners or about to start your own business, make sure you think of that, paying yourself first. No point doing it if you're not going to look after yourself. It's not charity, is it? No. So we talk in Chapter 7 about the importance of recruiting the right people, putting the right people in the right seats on on, on your bus. I know you've, you've said a couple of times you've gone from zero to seven over the last couple of years. Um, do you have a process for hiring? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, um, I'm, I'm not a person who hires on qualifications or CVs. You know, I'm very much, I want to make sure that people, like, Anybody who comes into work with us is going to be working with my clients who are pretty important to me. So we, I hire basically first off on personality. And how do you um, test that then? Because surely when they come to meet you or me, they sort yeah, of already got a, I, I almost like, a false persona. So yeah, how do you I like test various, that? various questions, you know, which you know, just gives me a better understanding of their values, you know, and what, they, what drives them and what they're passionate about, you know, and if, um, you know, if, if they align with what my values are, um, you know, they're going to pass the first stage. Uh, but not only that, you know, we, we have a lot of systems in our business, so it's important that um, new staff can follow processes. So, you know, so have you got a process manual about how to do this, how to do that? Is that yeah, yeah. You've gone got, to that stage? We've got, we've got a manual that people do. And they have different, um, you know, like for example, onboarding. Uh, somebody will go for the first week, they'll do all the admin onboarding and, you know, just being part of the, of the community. Second week, they'll actually... Uh, the kind of process we use is... Um, it's kind of like a, it's a we uh, I do we do you do process, you know. Okay. So it's like I'll do it all, you shadow. Next next process is all we'll do it together, and and then I'll give feedback, and then the final process is you do it, I'll give you the feedback. That's right. Yeah, I've read a number of different versions of talking about that. You know, yeah, tell, you know, show, tell, and then let them lead. I can't remember yeah, what the similar, actual language. Yeah, yeah okay, I get that. Okay, um, what are you looking for in a potential new team member apart from the personality? Then what are you looking for? Um, somebody who can think outside the box is, is, is a key thing it depends what role I guess you're, you're marketing towards you know like if it's a, if it's a coach I want somebody who's um, endearing who um, you know is passionate about the industry passionate to help not so much 
progression themselves, but progression for other people. They want to see other people grow and develop and improve. Mm. Uh, so that, that's the main thing I look for in, in a coach. You know, obviously when it comes down to um, other roles, like whether it's you know, a, a marketing role, whether it's a, a sales role, you know, they mm. need probably different different skill sets for that. But on the whole, the values still still align the same, really. Yeah. So what one piece of advice would you give to listening business owners as someone who's just started or about to start? What would be your golden nugget? One thing I would say is, you know, business doesn't, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it's just focus on incre- incremental change, you know, and, and, and improvements. You know, I think a lot of the time with, in business, we get so wrapped up in what we're doing, we don't actually see how far we've come. Um, so I would say, you know, every week, just make sure you're monitoring, um, what you've improved on, you know, what successes you've had for the week, and then also look at, you know, what potential challenges you've had for a week. And I'm a firm believer of doing a weekly review. I mean, it just allows you to think, oh, you know, what did we actually do last week? What did we do well? You know, whether it's developing a new process or developing a new system. You know, that's not a big win for most people. You know, but if, as a business grows, you know, a system put in place can can be the difference between you know success or failure for, yeah. for, for that role well it's the old one percent thing isn't it if you're improving yeah. something every week then by default you're going to have a hundred whatever one percent yeah. times 52 is over uh over the year so makes I would sense. just say just progress just focus each and every day on you know making one one progression with business so how do you you, know, you said about looking you know doing a weekly looking i assume that's on a friday looking back or a thursday yeah. depending on when you cut your week off after golf friday so, <laughs> so what are you looking at you're looking at your key metrics like how many leads and marketing activity and then how many people turn up to classes or yeah so have you got a scorecard or yeah so that would just I would call them, you know, critical numbers would typically, so over a week, uh, first of all, I'd, I'll give a general uh, update on, you know, what I think went well, it might be that, um, you know, one of think we're now Thursday, so this week I would say, okay, well, we signed up X amount of people on a front-end offer, and we had X amount of people convert to long-term programs, so they'd be that kind of sales match yeah. metrics. Um, and then you'll have maybe operational stuff. I'd, I'd be like, okay, well, we've now got Simon, our lead coach, he's been, um, the delivering sessions and delivering workshops for our coaches and helping them progress right you know so that was another little win for us then as well and then you know and you share that with the team no I, this is just for me personally and right. what i'll then do is if i feel there's anything to share with the team when we have a weekly meeting on a tuesday um you know i, I just generally we always go around the room and ask you know what, what was what went well for you last week yeah and i just share a little bit yeah we do every monday we do that the team come together about quarter past 10 after i've had my my weekly management meeting ready to set us up for the week we we get everyone together and we all just share a positive from last week business-wise sometimes personal but mainly what went well in the business i like that i think that's good you find that useful yeah definitely it's just yeah. good to get a better understanding of you what, what the staff are enjoying doing as well and what, what their wins are for the week yeah and it's interesting hearing what other people see as a win isn't it sometimes people say oh I don't really I haven't got really got one this week but I'm going to say this and you're like wow that's massive but yeah, they yeah. haven't so I think that yeah I think that's good oh, excellent so if you were starting this journey again knowing what you know now what three pieces of advice would you give to yourself oh let me think about this one um well, one was actually I'd probably say just review each week to make sure that you're progressing. So if you, if you can't, re- if you don't know what you've done, you don't know where you, it's hard to know where you're going to go. You know. Um, so look back and you know, recognize back. the success and maybe the failures. Yeah, definitely, and I, and I think it's a case of looking back, tweaking, adjusting, and then looking to improve then as you go forwards. Yeah. Other than that, I would say. Um, you know, just don't don't try and wear every hand in the company. It might, you might when you're first starting. You might have to do the sales, the marketing, the, the admin type stuff. You might have to do it at some point. But you know, but 
whilst you're doing it, as soon as you, you know, you're at a point where you can hire somebody in to do the job, get them in as soon as you can. Because well, they don't even have to be in, do they? I suppose you could outsource it, like you say. Yeah, well, it could be you can outsource it, or whether you get a contractor to help you with it. But a lot of the time, you can pay somebody, um, any you know, you can pay somebody pretty decent wage, you know, to do a job much better and much more efficiently than you can do it, yeah. and which doesn't drain your energy. Mm. You know, so I think. Well, and you can focus on the core activities that generate. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, as a business owner, you just need room to think. You know, um, whether that be you know just giving yourself twenty minutes in a corner or whatever. But it, I think a lot of time it, you get caught up doing so many different things that mm. you don't have that room to think and look actually yeah. where the business is growing. Then. So review each week. Don't wear every hat. And what would be number three? Um, I think I'd probably just say surrounding yourself. With successful people, you know, I've got a firm. I'm a firm believer of if you're if you're the cleverest in the room, you're in the probably wrong in the wrong room, aren't you? <laughs> you know, so you want to be learning from people who yeah, maybe like a, yeah. a few steps ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what do you see in Bfit's future and your future? What's what's the next step for you? What's yeah, the next next step now? Is um, well for me is I'm I'm actually taking a month off next month with the new arrival of a new baby. So, well, um, as in literally not checking numbers, not turn up. Nothing. I, and I won't go to the gym. I'll check in maybe once a week just to see how things are going and enter any uh, well, you know, deal with any urgent queries. You know, mm. but to be honest, it, it, there's probably not much I need to go into. I might pop into the weekly meeting with a baby to introduce the the new arrival. Yeah. Uh, but then, do we know what we're having? No, we don't. <laughs> so it's a surprise. Yeah. Uh, but it should be team fun. competition. They can pick the name. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't got a name yet, so I might well leave that. Uh, but in the, in the future, then the goal now for this month is just to keep building up in, in clients we, we probably we are approaching capacity I'd probably say we, need, we got room for maybe 50 to 70 clients and then we'll be looking for a, a bigger unit and right. bigger space so to um, move everything lock, lock and barrel or an additional unit probably uh, I'd like to move um, into a bigger space and make it a bit more of a multi-discipline establishment you know like uh, get a physio in there get a, maybe a podiatry clinic and make it more of a kind of clinical place right you know what i think because so that's the big next step then yeah they 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 serve our clients client our target market on a daily basis you know and it's, it's an easy way of you getting a referral partner to work with you like they'll treat my clients we'll treat their clients yeah. it's just what it's just a it's, it's a no-brainer if you've got this if you if i can get the space to fulfill it that's gonna be the next step and then at some point then i look to you know go to acquisitions potentially you know i think in regards to the, like I, I spend a lot of time looking into the fitness industry and where, and where we're going um, and you know it is it's, it's quite it's not very well regulated in terms of um, you know the coaching and stuff that's out there and so I think at some point now over the next number of years you're probably going to get a lot of people who've you've got into the fitness industry say like fitness you know but they haven't got the business skills to, to progress it and you're going to see a lot of I think struggling businesses you know so at that point I'd, I'd look to maybe acquire businesses which are struggling so um, so sorry forgive me so is that acquiring like a one man band who does a bit of PT and all around no, or is no, that no, actually a proper yeah not so a one man band really wouldn't do it you know, if you if you're it'd have to be somebody with staff in place with, a, with their own studio and things like that um, you know but a lot of people I know I know many trainers myself you know who, who they've got a studio but they're there all day on their own you know then and they're, they're working you know 50 hours 60, 50, hours, 60 hour weeks and you know and they're barely taking a minimum wage home you know yeah. um they got into the industry because they just want to coach you know there's people out there who just want to coach they didn't want to become business owners but you know you, you kind of fall into that um so they, i think there's lots of opportunity to um help with that okay. and further develop the brand obviously absolutely 
I think brand's massive. So a couple of quick fire questions then that we'd like to ask everyone just to finish off then for me. What book are you currently reading? All right, the big, uh, book I'm reading now is um, Black Box Thinking. I think it's Said. Said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's ex table tennis professional. Yeah, it's a good book. It gets you thinking about processes and learning from mistakes. Yeah, so mm. it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, you've done a couple of good books. Okay, what would you say is the best business book you've read? All right, that's probably there's a few different ones here because I think at every stage of business there's a book really kind of um, mm. you will be really important for you. So initially starting out, I'd say the Biggest book for me was uh, The e Myth by Michael Gerber. Good okay. book. Loved it. I had to put it down. I couldn't get into it. 30 pages in or so, I just had to put it down. I, oh, I, oh, I loved it. I keep meaning to pick it back up, but I just couldn't. I think for, for me, when I read that book, I was at, it was the right time. Um, you know, We were at capacity and it was mm. a case that we needed to develop. And uh, that book was really impactful on, on my on my journey. Yeah. I have um, to endorse it because everyone else I speak to <laughs> says it was great. I just personally, I, could, I don't know why. Listen to the audiobook is a lot easier sometimes right. to do that. But uh, secondly, then, obviously, when I mentioned about um, financial uh, things. I read a book recently called, um, what's it called? Profit First. Uh, fantastic book. And it just tells you how to manage your finances more efficiently as a small business. Um, not so necessarily as an accountant, but as a small business and, and how you can make sure you're, you know, you're pulling out your profit and you're, you're managing cash flow and things. Really good book. That's a Profit First by... Michael Makowicz, I think. Yeah, um, I got a feeling I've I've got that on my to read list. Yeah, yeah. really yeah. good book. I, that, that's probably one of the best books I've read in recent years. Okay. Um, Thank you. What music are you currently listening to? Do I, I don't really listen. I listen to podcasts. Okay. <laughs> you know, but if yeah. doing music I listen to is when I'm in the gym and such generally <laughs> tends to be house stuff. You know, and I, I like house and things. So, yeah. Um, okay. yeah, that's the main stuff I listen to. So you've mentioned a couple of podcasts already, but if you were again, if you were picking one for people listening today, what podcast would you promote the most outside well, of ours, obviously? Yeah, well, yeah, obviously uh, <laughs> this one is, it would be on first on the list. But um, um, Dan Bradbury, I'm listening to at the moment. He's what's it called? I can't think what's called. It's uh, I think it's Business Mastery. Um, Dan Bradbury. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. He actually owns a number of fitness businesses. That's why I kind of listen to him. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, if you look, like I said about Facebook and things, perpetual traffic would be great for that one. Okay. Um, we'll put some. We'll try and put some of these in the show notes, I think, as uh, as well. Okay. What box set or TV shows a must for you? Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I I used to like Walking Dead, but it's a pause at the moment. Um, Billions was great. Watch that. And one Blacklist, I'm pretty watching that as well. But okay, yeah, I mean, only, only one a day. Not box set. One. <laughs> One hour of TV One days, hour yeah. generally, yeah, before bed. Right, okay. Help you unwind, I guess. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, think nothing. Yeah. Clear your head. Yeah. Who's your business idol? Do you know what? I, I don't really have a specific idol. I think you can learn from anybody. So, I'm... So who's, okay, then let's rephrase the question. Who's taught you the most? Who's taught me the most? Whether that's one-on-one -on -one or whether that's just attending workshops, conferences, whatever it might be. I'm trying to think now. Dan Kennedy is a one... Uh, he's a sales... Guy, I learned all sales and marketing from him. Dan um, Kennedy. Dan Kennedy, yeah, he's like a copyright. UK or US. US, yeah, he's a copyright legend, you know. So um, I went to a, a conference with him in uh, Orlando a few number of years ago, and he basically took us around Disney um, and told us how uh, he was sharing with Saudi market and, and things across there, and that was really good. So Dan Kennedy, for any copywriting or anything, um, you know, directs. Uh, response marketing that mm. he's he's great so he's one of my and he's he's the person who I, I really got um passionate about marketing with okay. yeah. yeah i mean something you said earlier stayed with me and, and i say it a lot when i speak at universities and stuff i think 
the problem with a lot of courses and education and jobs is you don't get to learn about marketing. I think that's something everyone should start to learn about somewhere early if you are going to one day be a business owner or an entrepreneur yeah. or whatever it might be. All right, so where can people find you, Kev? Well, you'll find us on uh, on Facebook, obviously. We're, under you or under BFIT? Uh, BFIT Personal Training. Uh, meanwhile, you can reach out to me personally. My name's Kev Foley. Um, I'm happy to, you know, I, I'm, I regularly network with people. So uh, if anybody wants to grab me on there or on LinkedIn. And location-wise, you are actually on Minster Road, is it? We are from, on Minster Road, yeah. Just a uh, Penny Land Road area, uh, just off Newport Road. Okay. So, yeah, we're there. Our studio's there. We're open from 6 in the morning till 8 at night. So anyone listening, 28-day or a six-week starting pointer if you want to see if uh, it be fits for you. Uh, well, if I just bring the main points that I, I took from today together, I think one of the key things that's massively important is know who you want to work with. The avatar we talk about a bit in the book, know who you who you want to help. Um, I think Kev's passionate, if you haven't picked it up already, on learning, developing, learning, learning, and then learning some more. And great to hear Kev saying pay yourself first. So anyone listening, you do pay yourself first. But always look at those incremental improvements, I think is one of the key messages I took from you. Stick with it maybe going back to things like the Facebook and, and um, Google stuff, is maybe not giving up after a month when it hasn't quite worked, it's sticking with it, because it sounds like you've been doing it from day one and still doing it now, you've just stepped in. So I think incremental improvements and stick with it. And then the three, obviously the three tips we'll review each week, which I do think is massive, is having some kind of dashboard or scorecard. Um, don't wear every hat, which, yeah, again, I hear a lot of, of, of professional people and uh, wealthy people talk about. Um, and surround yourself with successful people, which I think is a great one. So a couple of good books and stuff we'll put on the website. So thank you, Kev, for, for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Business Secret Podcast and managed to take away some valuable tips and activities to help you in your business journey. This podcast is aimed at those about to start their self-employed life, are already well into their time as a business owner, or are interested in the business world of Wales. If you like this episode of the Business Secret Podcast, you can catch up on our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Every episode is available on our website on www.penguinwealth.com where you'll find a full transcription of each episode, useful links, and a step-by-step process on how to download and keep any episode released. You can also download your free copy of our book, The Business Secret, direct from our website. Don't forget to leave us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcasts.